Do you ever worry that you're never going to be successful? That no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to follow through and do the things that you so desperately yearn to do as a fiction author. So you're afraid that you might not ever finish that manuscript, or you might not ever get around to getting it published. Or if you do, you're just not going to ever sell enough copies to, you know, live off your royalties or reach your dreams. Do you wish you had a crystal ball to look into your future and discern whether it's going to be possible for you or not? Well, What if I told you that, number one, everybody deals with these insecurities, so you're not alone. They're just a normal part of the creative process. But more importantly, number two, what if there is a way to guarantee your fiction author success? Today, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about how to get rid of your fear and guarantee your own success as a fiction author. And it might not be an actual crystal ball that you can look into and see your future, but it's as good as I can tell you. And I'm going to explain why and how you can do this too. So stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on, and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help, because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers, and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. All right. If you are new and listening for the first time today, welcome to the Fiction Author Business School podcast. And if you have been a longtime listener, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. So as I said, I'm going to talk about fear. I'm going to talk about um, how we deal with it and get around it, and more specifically, how to guarantee your fiction author success. Um, But before I get to that, I am going to kind of illustrate what not to do, and I'm going to do it with the story. So Several years ago, I was uh, watching my niece and nephew pretty regularly, like in a daycare sort of sense. And when my nephew, his name is Lyric, started school, he, as it turned out, had some trouble with reading. Now, he is a very high energy kid. He's very intelligent and uh, very affectionate. And what I kind of already knew is that unlike me, he's more left-brained. So I, as a creative, and I'm sure a lot of you, I'm very right-brained. I do have a high amount of logic as well, but between right-brained and left-brained, I'm definitely right-brained. He's not. He's more left-brained. He's more analytical. He's really good with numbers and shapes, and he really liked math. But um, he was also very good with physical things, like with his hands, building things, and he was actually very, very social, more social than I am. He's very... Uh, extroverted. But because of all of that, he just didn't wrap his head around reading as quickly as his teachers would have liked. And understand, this was when he was five. (laughs) He was in kindergarten, and it was just difficult for him. He was struggling to read. And both his mother, my sister-in-law, and I, we ended up getting really frustrated with his teacher. Now, I'm going to tell you that 
she was one of the worst teachers I've ever come across. And I am not at all throwing shade at teachers in general. I have also come across excellent teachers who were wonderful at what they did and wonderful with the kids they taught. But unfortunately, this teacher was just not one of them. She was not willing to help him be successful. And she flat out told us that. Like, she had no shame about it. She just would tell us, no, I'm sorry, we're not doing that. And it was really frustrating. Um, She would look me in the face and tell me, well, you know, he's going to struggle with this the rest of his life. He's going to have a really difficult life because he can't read. And I was just flabbergasted by that. And I was just, I would stare at her and I would be like, he's five. (laughs) So is there some unspoken rule that if you don't learn to read by the time you're five years old and three months, then the window is gone and you're never going to learn to read again? I mean, of course not. It it, it was just kind of a a ridiculous response. Um, So I remember turning to my sister-in-law and saying, okay, this is not going to get any better. And by that, I meant the teacher was not going to be helpful. And so I said, let's you and I put together a plan to help him to read. And we did. Um, We worked with him intensively. I I honestly didn't do much except let him practice by reading to me a few books every time that I took care of him. But his parents worked with him really intensively at home all summer. And the other thing that reinforced the ridiculousness of this is that, well, first of all, long story short, he did learn to read. And it just took him a little bit longer for it to click for him in his brain. But over the summer, he did. And, you know, everything did click. And when he went back to school the next year as a first grader, I was still caring for him. And sometimes I would pick him up after school. And I had a whole bunch of teachers who knew him come up to me and just tell me how well he was doing. And he was thriving. And they were shocked. And at first, I I couldn't really understand what they meant. But then they would tell me it was because last year, he couldn't read. And this year, not only is he reading, but he's writing. One of the teachers told me that he had written her a note that was just, it was just a sweet note from a student to a teacher like, hey, teacher, I love being in your class. You're a good teacher, you know, that sort of thing. And she was going, it's full sentences. All of his punctuation is correct. And, you know, I, I wasn't mean to them about it. I, uh, I just kind of smiled and nodded and thanked them and everything. But inside, I was just massively face palming. I mean, all of these teachers bought into what I'm assuming, you know, I don't know that they actually evaluated him themselves, but they seem to have bought into what his teacher had said. And think about this, you guys, as a five-year-old, because he didn't pick up the reading in the time frame they believed he should, they literally labeled him as stupid and unable to read. And it just, even looking back, it still just blows my mind. Like, why would you do that? I mean, even if you did not have the tools or the resources to help him, I still would not say that to him or a parent. I would say, look, he needs special help. This is what you need to do. Maybe I do not have the capacity to help him right now. But if you do X, Y, and Z, he'll get it. You just need to work with him more. But that's not what they said. They literally labeled him as a dunce. And this teacher, for the rest of the year, the the one that was his classroom teacher, ignored him. Like, often literally put him in a corner and would not interact with him. That's how bad it was. So when I tell you that I really did not care for this teacher, again, I'm not throwing shade at teachers. When I tell other teachers this, they're flabbergasted and want to know that person's name so they can go get her fired. (laughs) Most teachers who are worth their salt would never treat a student like this. And like I said, he just landed with a really terrible teacher that year. Um, So I, after telling this story, I hope that you are all on board with me in believing that this was just a ridiculous 
approach to teaching a child to read. And now Lyric not only reads, he is thriving, he is bright, he's doing great. And of course he is. He was never going to be a dunce. She just didn't want to deal with the problem. Um, so if you, like me, believe that that was not the right approach, that's good. But I want you to stop and think for a minute about how often we do this exact same thing to ourselves. If something doesn't go well the first time, if we don't pick it up as quickly as we would like, if we're not super successful right out of the gate, we tend to label ourselves as dunces. We tend to say, oh, I just can't do it. Oh, I'm just not made for that. Oh, I I just can't write that fast. Oh, I I just, I'm never going to be able to do what, uh, you know, Stephen King does or J.K. Rowling does. Well, (laughs) I guarantee that any time you're doing that, and it does not matter how many times you've tried and maybe not hit the result that you want, if you're doing that to yourself at all, you are jumping the gun and you are labeling yourself as stupid and unable to learn something way, way before you ever should. And in fact, you should never label yourself that way because we are all human beings with godlike potential in our minds and we can do anything we set our minds to. Does that make mean that it will be easy? No, it doesn't. If we're going to hit obstacles, it's going to be hard, and we are guaranteed to have failures along the way. But don't ever, ever do that. Don't ever label yourself as someone who can't figure something out or who can't learn something. You will always be able to figure it out. So don't do what this teacher did to my nephew. Give yourself more grace than that, okay? And I guarantee you that every single person who has ever seen success in whatever field they work in, whatever they were reaching for, whatever they were trying to do, they have seen that success by embracing their failures. They have learned along the way that they need to embrace those failures and learn from them. So there's a phrase that you hear kind of batted around a lot, especially around the entrepreneurial industry. And make no mistake, the pursuit of fiction writing as a career is an entrepreneurial pursuit. But the phrase is fail fast, fail forward. And it just means You need to embrace your failures and you need to use them and learn from them in order to move forward more quickly. So stop being afraid of failing. The fastest and most efficient way for us to learn something as human beings and move forward in the race is to fail. And, you know, we of all people as fiction authors should understand this because we do this with our characters, right? But for some reason, our society has taught us that failure is a bad thing and that we should be ashamed if we fail. And that's just not true. The best way for us to learn is to trip and fall on our face. And it's not always pleasant. It's not always fun. But if you learn to embrace that, to fail fast, you know, hope that you fail quickly so that you can learn quickly, so that you can pull yourself ahead more quickly, you will be amazed at the amount of progress you will make in a short time. Now, the title of this episode and what I said at the beginning was that you can guarantee your own author success, right? Most people would tell you that you can't do that. You can't possibly guarantee anything. And I'm going to tell you that I disagree with that. But I also think that when people say that they're talking about a multitude of different things. It's true that you can't guarantee how you're going to succeed. You can't guarantee when you're going to succeed. There's no guarantee of how it will manifest, what it's going to look like, um, what it's going to take to get there, any of that stuff. That's all up in the air and it's going to depend on you. And every writer's journey is going to be different. No one's going to take the exact same path to success. But that doesn't mean there isn't a way 
to guarantee that you will hit that success eventually. And I'm going to tell you that every famous author out there, everyone who's ever struck it really big, they followed this rule. Whether they knew it or not, they implemented it in their lives. Okay, so you ready for what it is? (laughs) In order to guarantee your author's success, you have to make sure that the outcome you are looking for is non-negotiable. Now, that may seem simplistic. So many people out there want some big, bad, dark, clandestine secret that only an elite few know about. But guys, no, (laughs) success is usually pretty simple. In fact, it can be so simple that most people won't do it. Um, And of course, doing simple things and not getting massive success right away discourages people so they'll stop doing those things but it is the simple things that keep you on the right track and will eventually lead to success for authors if you just keep writing every day just keep pushing forward just keep working on that next story you will eventually get there but it seems so simple like there must be something that other authors do that I have not done no not really I mean Hey guys, I am interrupting this episode for just a quick minute to tell you that it is brought to you by Pro Writing Aid. This is a software that helps you edit by showing you where there are problems in your manuscript. Do you sometimes feel like your writing is amateurish sounding? Like no matter how much you edit or how good your grammar is, it still feels just more trite than your favorite author who is already published and widely read? Well, I can tell you that if you have this problem, the amateur sound of your writing comes from using too much passive voice. And that is just one of the things that Pro Writing Aid can help with. It shows you where you have grammar mistakes, typos, and yes, it does show you where passive voice is so that you can fix it. And I promise you that as soon as you get rid of that passive voice, the amateurish feel of your writing will go away as well. So if that's something that your writing could benefit from, go to bit.ly forward slash pro write one. They have three different tiers of payment plans. You can pay by the month, by the year, or you can do one lifetime payment so that you never have to pay for it again. So there's something for every budget. Never worry about your writing sounding amateurish again. Go to bit.ly forward slash pro write one and check out pro writing aid. Twilight was rejected by, I don't remember what it was, something like nine or 15 publishers before she finally got her book deal. J.K. Rowling uh, took her five years to write the first Harry Potter book, and it's the shortest and simplest of all of them. So why did she take so long to write that first book and then later books, which were much thicker and more complicated in their storylines than the first one, she wrote them a lot faster? Well, that's because she probably failed a lot writing that first book. She didn't know what she was doing. It was the first book she'd ever written start to finish. So she failed fast. She failed forward. She learned from those mistakes. She figured it out. And by the time she was done with that, she had one book under her belt and the rest just came easier. And that is the story of everyone who has ever taken on a difficult endeavor, who ever had to learn how to do something new and be successful at it in the whole history of humankind. Guys, that's just the way it goes. So that's why you've got to not label yourself as unable to do something and why you've got to fail fast, fail forward, and just know that that's what it's going to be like. And I will also tell you that everyone who, again, who has ever taken on a difficult endeavor, who has ever succeeded at anything, so whether it's great writers, great singers, great actors, business people, inventors, entrepreneurs, you know, whatever the case may be, they followed this policy they would say, my success is inevitable. I don't care if I fail. I don't care if I 
mess something up and don't do it right. I don't care if everything collapses and I have to start over from scratch. I will eventually get to where I want to be and I will keep working and keep fighting and keep learning until I get there. They made the outcome non-negotiable. And that is the only way that you can guarantee your success as a fiction author, just by simply not ever giving up and not ever taking failure as a bad thing. Take it as something that's good that you're going to learn from and that you can use as a leg up to the next level. And if you do that, you cannot fail. So it might not be a literal crystal ball that you're actually looking into, but it is as good as because if you listen to these entrepreneurs and these really successful people who have done things like that, that's what they always say. I knew I was going to fail. I had all these failed endeavors that didn't go quite the way that I wanted, but I learned from them and I kept going. And oh, by the way, now I'm a millionaire. (laughs) Oh, by the way, now I've sold a million copies of my books. Oh, by the way, now I'm super successful at what I do. And they did get there eventually. And what you'll find, you know, I I hate to keep using words like eventually and that sort of thing, because it makes it sound like it took them a long time. And you know, it didn't happen overnight. I think for any of them, I think it took them at least a few years. Some of them, it took longer than others. But if you will embrace your failures and do this, make it so that the end goal is non-negotiable and then fail fast, fail forward, embrace that, keep learning, be positive about it. You'll be surprised how quickly you learn, how quickly you move up and how quickly you get to that success. Okay. So, um, These are the basics for how to guarantee your own author success. But the other part of the title is how to ditch fear, right? And you guys know I like to give you some practical tips that you can implement right away. So that's what I'm going to do. How do we actually ditch this fear? Because we all have it. We all have the insecurities. In fact, the phrase uh, imposter syndrome has become almost cliche in the entrepreneurial sector because everybody deals with it and everybody talks about it. But how do we actually deal with it? You know, the, what people, I usually hear them talking about is that it's normal, um, you know, don't worry about it, everyone gets that, you just gotta push forward, and that's true. But not very many people come up with practical steps to help you work through it. But I'm gonna give you a couple of uh, things today that you can implement, all right? So number one is what I have already talked about, and that is embracing failure, right? If the biggest reason for imposter syndrome is being afraid of failing. So if you embrace that failure and just say, I know I'm going to fail, I'm going to do it anyway, that imposter syndrome is going to disappear really quickly. So embrace failure. That's number one. Number two, and this is a big one. Uh, It's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. We use the word believe and it's not that it's bad to use that word, but sometimes it means more than one thing or there's more than one way to go about it. So what I mean is Most of us can say we have a belief. I believe in doing X, Y, and Z. I believe that I should uh, exercise and eat right so that I can maintain my health. But do all of us actually do it? So what I'm saying is that there's a difference between saying you believe something and actually doing it. And in a way, um, this is why I don't like to necessarily use the word belief for both of these things because people can get pretty... 
defensive about it. If I were to say, well, you don't actually believe that diet and exercise are an important part of your health because you're not doing it, people get upset about that. <laughs> they, th- they get really defensive and they think you're calling them a liar or something. And that's not my intention at all. I'm just saying, if you truly believe something in your gut, you would be taking action on it. And so I guess it's maybe just a different form of belief. There's like the belief in theory, and then there's this bone deep belief that makes you actually take action on it and live what you believe, like walk the walk, right? Um, So what I'm going to encourage you to do is not just believe something in theory, but take action on it. So if you believe that you can be a successful fiction writer, you have to do the things that successful fiction writers do. You have to write every day. You have to make sure that you're showing people your work so that you can improve. You need to be ready to figure out how to pay for what you need to pay for in order to get that book published, okay? You have to be taking action on these things. If you just say, I believe that I can be a fiction author and um, I believe that I need to write every day in order to do that, but you're not actually writing every day, then that belief, I'm not saying you don't have it, but it's not deeply rooted enough in your core for you to actually be living it. And until you are living it, you're not going to find success. Okay. The other thing is that taking action actually gives us confidence. Um, If you want to write every day, but you're not, of course, you feel like an imposter because you're saying you believe one thing, but you're not living it. And that creates a great deal of fear and insecurity in you. And I remember doing that. I remember, you know, when I was first struggling to write and nail down my writing process, I did feel a lot of fear because I knew I wasn't writing every day and I should be, otherwise I wasn't going to see results, you know. But if you are writing every day and you are seeing results and you can see yourself improving, that creates confidence and that is yet another way to push down fear. So you have to be acting on your beliefs, not just theoretically having them, right? (laughs) So that's number two, make sure that you are acting on your beliefs and living your beliefs, not just believing them in theory. And number three, relax. (laughs) Maybe this sounds a little bit strange. It really is the truth. Um, As I get more into meditation and manifestation and learning how to use those things as tools to create the life that you want, what's become really apparent is that the energy that you put forth And, you know, people talk about this a lot, the frequency of the energy and everything, but it really has to do a lot with relaxation. If you are not relaxed, if you are in this highly stressed, frenzied, oh my gosh, what am I going to do kind of energy, that's what's going to hold you back. I mean, single-handedly, that is what's holding you back. So if you are worried that you're not going to finish your story, if you're worried it's not going to be good enough, if you are worried that you're not going to sell enough copies, um, if you're desperate and going, this has to work, I have to be able to do... No, you guys, you're hamstringing yourself, okay? Because you are creating an energy that is not relaxed. The surest way to be successful in your manifesting is to have a calm, confident, relaxed energy. So the very first thing I want you to do is just to relax. Close your eyes, relax every part of your body and tell yourself you can do this. You're going to be able to do this. Um, And make sure that as I keep saying, the end goal is non-negotiable. And if you approach it with that relaxed energy saying, it doesn't matter what happens, I'm going to learn, I'm going to figure it out. But don't be anxious about it. Don't be frenzied about it. Don't be stressed about it. Okay, the relaxation it's not even a big part. It's pretty much the whole thing. Okay. You, you can't reach your goal in a way that will help you be successful unless you have that relaxed energy. So 
anytime you feel yourself getting fearful or stressed out about something, just stop, take a deep breath, relax, let your shoulders relax, you know, let all the tension drain off, and then move forward with that being the case. Now, this is definitely easier said than done, especially if you're not used to doing it. If you're someone who has historically approach things from a more stressed point of view. Um, I used to be that way too. But if you practice it and if you keep doing it, it will become second nature to you and then you'll just start seeing yourself um, succeed at every turn because the fear isn't there anymore. Okay, so let's recap those three steps really fast. In order to ditch fear, (laughs) you're going to number one, embrace your failures and learn from them and fail fast and fail forward. Number two, You're not just going to hold your beliefs as theoretical nebulous beliefs. You are going to act upon them. And understand, acting upon them doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect at them right away, but you have to act upon them and you will start to see progress over time, okay? And number three, you need to relax. You need to cultivate a relaxed, confident energy that is not anxious or stressed or frenzied because those frequencies of of the anxious and stressed and frenzied are the frequencies of fear and they are the frequencies of failure, The calm, relaxed energy is the frequency of success, okay? And guys, I'm not making this up. This has been scientifically proven now. And everyone, I keep saying everyone who has ever been successful, every entrepreneur, every major writer out there, they have done this. And that is how they succeeded at their writing. People who, I always say this, but I'm always a little bit annoyed when people say, well, it may not go as well as you would like. You may not have as much success as you would like to see. You know, there's always people who say that in the writing space. And I get that they're just trying to set realistic expectations, but I freaking hate their realistic expectations, okay? You can do whatever you want. Whatever you, whatever level you want to reach, you can reach it. You just have to know how to get there. And what what that's saying to me, you've got to understand that anything anybody says is a reflection of them. It's not a reflection of you or your potential. So the reason they're saying that is because they haven't hit the level that they want. And the fact that they're saying that shows me that they've kind of given up, that they aren't moving forward anymore because they don't think it's possible. And if they don't think it's possible for them, then that is the reality they have created. Therefore, it's true. But that doesn't mean that you have to be held back by that same reality that they've created for themselves. You can create your own reality and do whatever it is you want to do. So follow these three steps to ditch fear. Make sure that the outcome you are looking for, and this can be something that is small, like, um, you know, smaller steps on the journey, the outcome you're looking for is to finish your story to finish that first manuscript, or the outcome you're looking for could be to sell a million books next year. Okay, so it can be large, it can be small, it can be whatever you're working on right now, it can be the end all be all of what you want to eventually become as an author, this process is the same, no matter how big the goal or the stepping stone that you're working on. Okay, but just make sure that the end goal that you're reaching for is non negotiable. So you're going to get there no matter what. And remember, fail fast, fail forward, embrace that failure, learn from it, and you cannot fail. It is the only way to guarantee your success, okay? Um, I hope this was helpful, and I hope that you guys can go out there and start practicing this and see a lot of success moving forward. Meanwhile, I'll see you back here, same time, same place, next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. 
Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.